それを追って15番シャフリアールが来たそして最後をついたベルトライセンでオーストユーバーレーベン残り200を通過直後にベラアズルとさらにはデアリングとかも突っ込んでくるが先頭マストが15番のシャフリアールベルトライセンで間割ってベラアズールベラアズールゴールインベラアズールやりました Translation, a very, very messy Japan Cup. Give us one. Give us a Vila Azul. Vila Azul! That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> If we get cancelled, the added bonus is we get half an hour a week back. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the prep time. Mm. No, I, I, you're right. I slowly run Japan Cup. Very unusual for Japan. Slowest, I had a look at 20 years in terms of race shape. It's a bit like the one Kitasan Black one. That was a bit messy as well, and only really Gentle Donna has been. That was Gentle Donna's second, was more slowly run, faster home. So, yeah, you're right. As a general rule, they run along much, much faster than that. And it's been genuinely run, as I said, every year since Kitasan at Black, but this wasn't. And it meant that it was a fraction messy, but Villazul was able to、uh, drag himself from out of the ruck and out of the mess、mm. under Ryan Moore. Followed Damien Lane through. Low draws, measurably advantageous. Good jockeys, measurably advantageous, and I backed bad jockeys from wide draws. Sharia, unfortunately, had to settle for second, but、um, it's a good race, all the same. Not a vintage Japan Cup, but still the best rating anywhere in the world on the weekend, as you would expect, and still a, a strong piece of form. The internationals disappointed、yep. across the board, although you could make a case. Well, the first case is that it's hard, it is hard to do. Tunes would not have been well suited by this because the other thing is that whilst it was slowly run and messy, the overall time is a second or not quite two thirds of a second faster than the 20 year average. So the ground is quite quick. So it's quick conditions. And I think only, as I said, General Donner was the only one faster home last 600. So they were hooning late. And that probably didn't suit the German Tunes. He wanted some resistance. He made his name in the mud, running much, much slower. Than this and Ernesto never really got buried, ugly, ugly for him. And Simca Mill just ran poorly, I'd say. He's a little bit below them ratings wise anyway, but he did run, I think they ran 11, 11, and nine pounds off their best, the international Colts, which might raise some eyebrows and have some thinking they should just all be downgraded. But balance of probability is that is wrong. They've just had either reasons for or, or bad days at the end of a long season. And the mighty Grand Glory. Ran only two pounds off her best. She ran 118 in this last year, 116 here. She runs that number all the time. She runs it in ARCs. She runs it in, at Royal Ascot and now in two Japan Cups. She's not good enough to win one of these, Grand Glory, but I love her. What a horse. Really far away. Superman. I missed the Japan Cup yesterday and logged onto Twitter and everyone's screaming how unlucky their runner was. So I watched the replay without knowing who had won. And watching the replay, oh, geez. That's an absolute slaughter. And it won. Oh, that was the winner. That was the winner. That's the one I thought was going to be the unlucky runner. You know, when you're searching through, not knowing. I watched it without the call, so I didn't know who each runner was. And watching it, I was like, oh, that horse is unlucky. And he ended up bursting through to win. So I found it hard to suggest other runners were more unlucky. But Daring Tact was terrific, and she was finishing faster, fastest. But not, un- yeah, you're right. The winner, the winner won fair and square. Ish. Yeah, no, fair and square in the, in the scenario that was dished up to him. So he started 2022. Some story this. Yeah. He started 2022 having run 16 times on dirt for two wins and a rating of 100. So he was useful, but he'd won two, two out of 16. Yeah. 
and he was just smashing about on the dirt. And then he's gone 105, 108, 112, 115. Battleborn ran quicker than him on the clock that day. Battleborn won on the undercard yesterday. Nice so, rating too. Oh, was it? Yeah. And so even though he's got to 115 and he's rapidly improving on turf, Battleborn is you know nice improver, but he's running slower than him. So even the 115, good form lines around that as well, but even the 115 looks a little bit... What are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, that's an optimist. Not optimistic, well, I shouldn't say. I suppose it was the rating that suited the run, but it didn't look like, oh, you're 115 and you'll be 124.5 in a month winning the Japan Cup. It certainly didn't look like that, but he's going, again, 120, 124.5. So, goodness me, that is some spiral onto the turf. How have they waited so long? What are they doing for 16 runs on the dirt? What do you reckon happened at track work? How have they actually seen him onto the turf and realised that, hold on a minute. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was it, the Godolphin horse? Monster on the turf doesn't go a yard in the dirt. Well, Saeed smashed Ben Battle round on the on the dirt. Quite more, a bit. yeah, more yeah. recent than oh, ben. real world, real world, real yeah, world. Yeah, they kept trying real world on turf. He's a one twenty five seven horse on, yeah, almost a top notcher on turf, and he's a uh, absolute duffer on dirt. But Saeed's keep keep ramming that square peg into that round hole, Saeed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll be seeing Villa Azul back on the dirt anytime soon. No, no. So a just below average Japan Cup, where does that leave the winner in terms of his rank now in Japan, do you think? I think he pushes into the top five. Well, I don't think. I've done it. I've pressed equals. He's in the top five. So it was a bit below average, but to run a place, the place getters were still typical of what you you know what we see on average in a Japan Cup. But the winner a little bit below. He wasn't a contrail or anything like that. And title holder and Equinox are the two best horses in Japan. So they weren't. They weren't there, so they go to the Aaron McKean. And so I suppose this year the Aaron McKean is shaping like, and it often does, it's sort of they split between the two, but this looks like the Aaron McKean will be the big end-of-year championship race as opposed to the Japan Cup. So I would say the rankings, and we don't know where Euphoria is, injured and off the scene, and I think it would be very optimistic to think he's ever getting back to yeah. what he was and could have been. So title holder Equinox, Jack Dore are the three that I think would be rated ahead of him. Yep. Jack Dawe would probably be something of a surprise to people, I think. I think, well, he has a win over the Panther, then the Panther obviously beat him home, Equinox beat them home. Mm. They go to Hong Kong. So he's, I suppose he puts them on the line he in does. Hong Kong. He's got, yeah. to, he's got to step up there because he might have been a bit disappointing. I thought he was disappointing last start. He wasn't miles off his best, but he wasn't at his best. And he doesn't have, it seems a little bit strange for me to sit here and go, he's ranked three and Viazu is ranked four. Mm. One's won a Japan Cup, the other we're saying is there off a Kinko show. Yeah. Time-honoured, of course, but interesting, all the same. And then you've got the the pile in behind there. It depends whether you, you now downgrade Sharia. Is he is he still go, is he still at his best? He's run really well here and from off speed in a race that he would have loved more speed. So it's probably unfair. So, so Sharia's still got to be considered up there. There's a good little patch of horses in behind. Deduce, I don't know where he's at. Seraphos, Hishi Iguazu and Danon Beluga, who was Hit the front, raced wide, but they didn't go fast. So I wouldn't be, I'm not being too generous with Dan on Beluga. He just ran a little bit flat, I reckon. But with Hishi Iguazu, who we haven't seen since the Takarazuka Keenan, where he was behind title holder, he's a, I don't know where he is either, but I hope he's coming back. Damien Lane rode him that day, and I think he's very good. But he is a bit older. I thought he might have even been a um, potential to come here. But we haven't seen him, so that's a concern. Looking historically, Deduce will win the Japan Cup next year. Yeah, yeah, the Derby winners come back 12 months later. Although I think he's a slightly, or he is a below average Derby winner and I think there's a thinking that 
I mean, he he didn't exactly cover himself in glory in France, did he? No. He was okay in the lead-up, and the arc itself was run on desperate ground, so very easy to be forgiving. But at the same time, he didn't, as I said, he didn't take a step forward or anything. He didn't enhance his reputation. So he goes in the bit-to-prove pile. Just on the local front, Paul Lely, the highest rated across Australia. He ran 121, winning the winner bottom. Highest rated since Haydock in 2019, who ran 122. Buffering ran 122 when he won his first winner bottom in 2013 and then 119 in 2015. Can you name me the highest rated horse? And I want a rating, obviously, since 2000. To win the winter bottom? Uh, is it not takeover target? It is. What did he run? 124. You've undersold the champ. What did he run? 126. He beat Apache Cat. It was brilliant. Hell of a race. That brings me on to a bit of racing trivia. Racing trivia? Because now the winner bottom is a key leader to the gold rush. Mm. So I wanted to look at... Time on it. Because the time between runs hasn't changed. So essentially you're getting fairly similar horses going to the the gold rush. Yeah, it's the scale. So it's not a new race. It's a new name. So five winners have gone on to contest the gold rush off the winter bottom. You've named one of them. Can so you name five winners of the winter bottom have gone to the gold rush. Yep, and two have won. Can you name me the other one? Takeover Target. Takeover did it, yeah. Yep. Um, the other one. And what sort of time span are we looking at here? What Since ab- 2000. What about the mighty had a big clawker? It was not. He actually... Won the winner bottom at 40s and then ran second in yeah, okay. the now gold rush at $7. It was Marasco. Oh, good horse. Good horse. Did he win a winter bottom? He won a winter bottom at $1.80 in 2006 and then backed up at $1.30 to win the gold rush. So five winner bottom winners have gone on to the gold rush. Two have won. The other three have all ran second. So very interesting to see what they do with Paul Ellie. If they do stretch him, I don't think they will. Well, they've, they've already got two. Well, like, special case breathing fire at home, isn't he? They'll have to bring out the pink hat or the yellow hat. James does love a hat. He does love a hat. <laughs> I don't think he will. Yeah, I don't think he It's job done. He he's got his group one. Yeah, because he's a cult as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's now at stud, or he will be at stud. Great call of that race as well to pick him up there. But it did get laid on for him. I was thinking, geez. Melham has, because we were talking about it on Friday, and like he has taken him all the way back there. Okay, wow, that's you know a long way to go for no reason sort of thing. But the pace was strong, and they were able to, it turned out they were all in the, the sweet spot. So he's done well there, Ben Melham. And firmly, a group win now while, I mean, Bowman's out of town and there's fewer options in the East for group races and things. So the, the racing and sports power rankings will reward those who travel to Perth. As they should. So Mellon entrenches himself in probably the top dozen, I'd say, on the racing and sports power rankings, and I think talent-wise he should be there. Yeah. So we've had two days of the pinnacles. Clubhouse leader at the moment is Palelli, winning the winner bottom, rated 121. We get the Northerly this weekend, Cascadian v Amelia's Jewel and others. Tricks of the Trade is there. He is going to run in the 1800, yep. He is there off the railway. And then the week after that, you'll be on track. Big event. But we've got the gold rush. I never miss one. Never miss a gold rush. No. Do you think Paul Lilly will round out the pinnacles as the highest rated winner? 
I think that all that's all on Cascadian. So he goes over rated 122. So if he wins the Northerly in style, he'll probably run to a bigger number. And he has been in the zone. So Cascadian is there to, to do better. And I think if he does, he'll beat the filly because surely she can't. She'd have to go Arcadia Queen. Yeah. Not quite, but she'd have to go close to Arcadia Queen to top him. She surely doesn't do that, does she? Well, she does that. She is the best filly in the country as well. Who is the best filly in the country? In secret. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she would be. Probably, I'd say so. Beating Cascadian there would probably... That's the best piece of form. It'd, it'd certainly give In Secret a nudge, you'd think, unless Cascadian does himself a mischief mm. and has a bad one, which can happen. I think the Northerly is the best race. Yeah, that's a really interesting race, pulling that all together. The railway winner, a good eastern horse, and the boom filly. There's a nice little um, setup, And then Valana's an exciting horse now going to the Gold Rush and, of course, Gamantari, but they won't trouble those numbers. No. It's interesting with the Northerly Gold Rush setup because you'll get the horses going there off the winner bottom to the Gold Rush and you could get the horses going back in trip off the railway. This year we see the horses going up in trip for the Northerly. So I think it will be a year-on-year thing which race is stronger. Could a tricks of the trade go three times? I would have run him in the Gold Rush given it's the same prize money. That's the way I would have gone with him. I think his best figures have been at 1,400 mile. Well, they can... They might be able to do both. Mm. He hasn't had a really busy time of it, has he? Yeah, he's only fourth up That's on Saturday. They'll probably jiggy jog around over the 1800 on Saturday. It'll be hardly a searching test. What do you think Cascadian needs? Or what does it matter for him? He won the St. George over 1800 in an absolute, you know, will be on a mile in Melbourne. So, of course, it was a complete farce. <laughs> and it was. So, he's pretty pace versatile. He has a turn of foot. He can quicken. He'll certainly be able to quicken with those. Yeah. Interesting race. Very Can't wait for the preamble. The biggest flop of the weekend, I couldn't find one in Perth, so I casted the net a little wider and we landed ourselves in Hong Kong and we had a Bruce winner going around. So you went from excited to extremely disappointed. Well, we weren't the only ones who were excited by this horse's debut win. Superb capitalist went to class three. There's a clue in the name. <laughs> A capitalist flopping. <laughs> Rolled at $1.20 in Honkers yesterday and certainly didn't live up to market expectations. And like I'm, father, like son. Like father, like son. And I'm hoping no racing and sports podcast listeners threw him in a multi because <laughs> it would have flamed up and you were gone probably 200 from home. From a ratings perspective, I might not have had his debut win as high as others. No, it sounds like he was very well fancied. Very well fancied, and I had him pretty much running his form yesterday. So he did not run up to what many expected. Clearly no excuses, though, and was disappointing. But he was nothing compared to the jockey flop. Roll straight on. Just sink them in. <laughs> Go on. So get, the, get off the, Push off the side screen. Let him have it. <laughs> so most people would have thought it was uh, Benny Mellon, but as Adam touched on the winner bottom, oh, if you yeah. were last, you were in the gun spot. Closer Mor- to the Morikawa than the Pendrith, yeah. So the worst ride of the day comes up in the second event aboard Swim Through. Now, for those that didn't catch the second event, you can guess who the jockey was. Left with far too much to do and was finishing far too quickly in that event. But we have rules. We've got to keep it to the features. It is. You know, we're, it's pinnacles time, so we're looking to the pinnacles, or at least. A pinnacles race. Are the listed races on pinnacles days, are they still pinnacles? They're just minor peaks. They're minor peaks, but they're, they're important. They're important. It's key Perth Cup lead-up. 
is the Scahill Cup and much like the leader, run at a pedestrian pace and horses were left with far too much to do. And much like the Perth Cup will surely be as well. <laughs> Good practice. Do you, do you want to have a guess at who was the worst ride in the Scahill Cup? I'd actually, I, re- I wrote it down on Friday afternoon. <laughs> William Pike. W. Pike. William Pendrith Pike. Oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> so not only did he have, he rode swim through, for those that don't know. So he's, he's bagged the worst ride of the day and then he's followed up with the worst ride in the feature. I tell you what, I didn't think Zara would be caught before Christmas. But Pikey is looming large here. Oh. He's got, well, we've got how many more, how many more pinnacles do we point to? Well, we've got the northerly. So we've got two more weeks of Two this. more weeks. And then the Perth Cup. And the, yeah. He'll bake this thing again there. <laughs> Sarah's in trouble. He thought he was coming to the awards night. Is the Perth Cup still on New Year's Day? It is. We'll sneak it in. Yeah. What a way to, uh, what a way to bring in the new year with we Pike's have. fifth straight Pendrith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for those that back pure motivation, yeah, well, We're not just piling in here either. This is, this this is, we press equals. Yeah, this There's is. A, uh, we, <laughs> he's doing this, not us. Yeah. We don't alter the numbers. These are the numbers. And as Darren McCauley said, she can't win and she couldn't possibly win from where he had a position. And the leader won. The leader won, yep. Back-to-back years. Getting a bludgy time of it in front. Good spot to be. Good spot to be. On the flip side, the Morikawa, we touched on it with the winner bottom. It does come in the winner bottom. Toddy Panel flies in and lands the Morikawa aboard Bo Rossa. You cannot ride the Ascot 1200 any better than what he did. Got to have fluked it, right? Has he ridden there before? I don't know. He probably has. He's that good. He's that good. He's the last six months I looked at it. He's had 43 winners in South Australia, which is one ahead of Barend. Yep. So he has ridden the most winners in South Australia in the last six months and he's beaten the market in that time. 37 expected winners in that time. So flying. And the impact value 1.8 is the best in South Australia. And by a way as well, 1.6 you're down to what's it, Walter's overall Forster. So, so he's, got, he's the best in South Australia at the moment. And no surprise to see him do that beautifully paced, as mentioned, around the Ascot 1200. Special mention to Brad Willa aboard Elite Street. He also flushed it. And I don't think we're going to see Elite Street get back to what we thought. That was him on the weekend. Had his chance and found a few they better all had their ch- I think that's the takeaway from the winter bottom is that they all had their chance. Yep. The horses who gave up the geometric advantage were still too strong. Mm. I'd say Kiss on All Four Cheeks would be the main one to take out of it going towards the gold rush. Yeah, she's an interesting one because that's a big peak for her, but she's done it before. She has, yeah. So she's she's just gone bang into this peak zone where she, yeah, she can do that. She can do that, but she can run some flat ones in between. Although Ford. she did try a mile and perhaps, you know, she doesn't get a mile, I'm guessing, back to 1,200 and back on top of the ground and bang. Yeah. And 1,400 has generally been second okay, up yeah. sweet spot. So she, she prob- probably, did she come here thinking gold rush? Was this a gold rush primer? It's funny, I spoke to Dan Morton when I was over there and obviously all the talk is about Elite Street, but he almost, he pushed me towards Kiss on All Four Cheeks. So I don't think it was a surprise for him to see her do that. And the Gold Rush is a tailor-made race for her, 1,400 metres around Ascot. If she runs this number, it will be Valana competitive. Yep. And who else is there? Probably a few lengths behind Kemitari out in front, I assume. Well, I mean, they are racing for second, of course. Are they flying Glenn in? Well, J-Mac's in for Cascadian... This weekend. So but they are bringing in hitmen. Yeah, they're flying J-Mac in, but they're not flying him in for the gold rush. No, because they're flying Glynn in for Special K. That would have been something if he was able to... They should have put him on in the Everest. Well, they turned their backs on $15 million. 
they get a lot right. That's a that's a big miss. That's a big miss. I do this every week. Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. In your defence, the Around the Grounds button says Tiger on it. <laughs> it, does. it does. make it hard. Top twats. So if Paul Laley was the top twat in Perth. Yep. As expected. Top twat in Melbourne. Good one, Val and Declare. Because when I left you on Friday, you were just spinning in circles on that race. Yeah, I remained. I didn't even have a bet. Couldn't even find a, a way in. I just had no idea. Very obvious once he'd won. <laughs> but a, yeah, terrific performance. It's not quite the very best of Van Declare from two years ago, but it's not far off. And I would say he's it's one of the best staying performances of the season to date. Gold trip, Durston, Francesco Guardi at the top of that with Emissary and high emotion tumbling into a place in a Melbourne Cup. They're probably all a bit better. Yep. In terms of staying performances. But Van Declare would be next with uh Knight's Order and Stockman and the one who's there with all sorts of upside, which is Sulcombe. That's your staying ranks in Australia at the moment. So Danny O, many people screaming for him to shut the doors. Is that like hitting a good drive down the last? That'll get him back for next year? With Van Declare? No, just in general. Oh, people just want him to shut the doors. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's not a punter's trainer, but he's probably a good trainer because he does things like this. He wins features. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't care, does he? Oh, you're not making money backing my horses. Well, I'm, I win the odd feature and I don't care how it looks. The top twat in Brisbane edged out the top twat in Sydney. Ooh. Emerald Kingdom, 113. Terrific horse. He is. And he won the Archer he this did. year. He edges out Holyfield, who was the top twat from two weeks ago, in a strong, strong race there as we move into the summer carnival. That'll be post-pinnacles. Yep. We'll starting to heat up. Starting to heat up. We might even have to get the X Factor back. We probably will, you know. Remind us who some of these horses are. But I know who Emerald Kingdom is. And he's very good. He ran to 113, which is a pound better than Dajran winning the festival. Mm. He was Sydney's top twat, though. Mm. On pace dominated the does festival. Look, yeah, does look that way. Did you have anything to, to make of that race as we move on towards the time on at Ingham? Not much to take out of it. Um, Mirror Vision, I thought, was okay. She is what she is. Somewhat confirmed what she, she did in the mire. Yeah. yeah, she would have run right around that. So I thought that was a positive. She had the blinkers on for the first time in the mire and spiked and then she's done it again on pace dominated. There's a few good runs coming from behind. In terms of going to the Ingham, you'd still have Nugget as favourite, I would say, though, ahead of Dajran. Yeah. I think this was a slightly better figure than Nugget's, but Nugget has upside for days, doesn't mm. he? Yeah, Nugget has a look about him. So this would have rated – so Riadini, I think I, I would say Riadini 113. So basically, essentially, this is the same as the gong. Yep. In terms of what it took to win. Maybe not, not so much going through the field. Maybe there are better runs in the gong. I can't remember. I can barely remember Saturday. But um, the actual winning level is is pretty similar. And top 20 in Adelaide was Diamonds. Ran to 105 in a competitive race, but none of them are going anywhere in a great hurry, I wouldn't have thought. But some nice horses in there, all the same. 105, so we're a fair way down the, the pecking order. Oh, I was going to mention, that's why I did print this out. I print this stuff out, I have no idea what it is. We are eventually going to start videoing the podcast, but for those that can't see, which is all of you. I'm going to start putting pants on. Waist up, <laughs> waist up. <laughs> He's got a million sheets of paper in front of him. Yeah, I just print it out as I'm going, just so I remember. And then I forget. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic. We finished the podcast, you're like, oh, I wanted to mention we that. had. I was going to mention New Zealand's top twat, because mm. we had one move into the top ten New Zealand performances, and I feel like we've been neglecting New Zealand. And by that I mean I don't think we've mentioned New Zealand on this podcast. 
We did with the uh, the good filly that won the guineas, didn't we? Did we meet Legato? So she's in the top ten. A filly, three-year-old spring filly, is in the top ten performances in New Zealand this year. Of course, Levante and Rock and Horse are they're still uh, clinging on to their New Zealand roots, but they haven't done it in New Zealand this year. So they're not this season. I mean, so they're not in the top ten, which is headed by La Creek. Slightly disappointing in Melbourne, but. She still did it in New Zealand? Not when she won a Group 1 on Imperatrice. Mustang Valley also actually ran quite well behind Zaki in an easy spot to run well, though. Dark Destroyer we've seen here as well, but then in the Majestic Horse Floats 1300 at Tay Rapa on Saturday, which would have turned a few heads. Had to. Faithful Feet ran to 111. That's a big number in a race like that. What is it? It is a five-year-old mare in a, I must say, Philly and mare-dominated scene even the two that aren't there that I mentioned, Levante and Rock and Horse, and of course we had on Trivier was up there until she retired, and Melody Bell and the list goes on. It's very mare heavy. It's because all the Colts and Geldings go to Hong Kong. Correct. But yeah, that was a, a big performance in one of the. I didn't actually go back and check it, which is lazy. It is, but it must be one of the best majestic horse floats thirteen hundred winners we have on on the books. I'd say yes, that is so, correct. So five year old me, how many starts has she had? I don't know. <laughs> But uh, in the top ten. <laughs> Before we go, we've got to get a Bruce. That is just so exciting. Musta Bashir. It's that time of the year in the UK where uh, on a sleepy Tuesday at Kempton on the Sand, you'll just see something step out and run a time. You'll notice it as soon as you go to do the times. Like, oh, hang on, that stands out a little bit. And then invariably you pull it up and it's um, some Golston two-year-old that's bred in the purple. And that's the case right here with Musta Bashir. Do you need me to spell that? Or Correct. Traditional spelling of Musta Bashir, which I assume is sand. Uh, <laughs> M-O-S-T-A-B-S-H-I-R, Musta Bashir. Get it in your racing and sports at Black Book. Half-brother to Mostadaf, sand. And Nazif, who was a Group 1 winner. And... He ran deep into the 90s at his first start. So he's actually, you know, he might not be the exciting. He's not the black booker because you know who ran third? Of course you do. Do you know who ran third last Tuesday at Kempton in the novice? Of course. Tad Shear ran third, green as hell. They didn't run at a great pace. Got a bit disorganised when they quickened and then slowly got a taste for it. Through the line he went, ooh, put that one in there. There's another one. Yeah, hang on, there's there's one. Pop him in, have a look at that. Oh, the dam is Narain. That makes him a half to Ben Battle. <laughs> he Might got, go all right. Yeah. So, as I said, the time was good there and they were finishing hard over the top of it. So, to be able to go out and run into the 90s without, you know, with more to, more to offer at your very first start. I wish they I don't know, we'll have to get on onto the tab, but if they've got a market for the listed Henry Cecil at the July meeting, I think both of those are likely types next year. Find your bookie. Yeah. Inner Space was uh, a candidate for this as well, another Gosden maiden that ran warm time without showing off, but nice time. And then it was, uh, of course, you click it up and you think, oh, that looks nice. Oh, Gosden first starter, what's it? Oh, Siuni out of Journey, who was rated 124. So, <laughs> yeah. Imagine walking through the barns and seeing what's in there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, what are you? Oh, another one, bread and the purple. What are you doing with that? Oh, we're going to race for 80 bucks at Kempton. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but they are exciting. They are. And that wraps us up. We'll be back with the preamble on Thursday. Enjoy your week.